Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ohioan Podcast Network. Craig Schaub here. And today we have a very interesting and special guest uh, joining us for the show. We have Alex Baber. Is that, is that how you pronounce it? That is correct, Craig. Okay. And you are the director of Cold Case Consultants of America, which is uh, quite the alliteration and, and certainly a mouthful, but a, a good, easy one to remember, though. So Cold Cases um, you know, Consultants of America. Alex, tell us a little bit about what the CCCAOA uh, does here. Okay, so uh, basically we assist law enforcement and victims' families sure. in uncovering new evidence uh, using for forensic technology. There's advancements um, every year, and we try to apply those new advancements in closing some of these cold cases that are out there. How many, uh, you know, and obviously we're based in Ohio here at the Ohioan Podcast Network, but I know you guys are nationwide, but um, how many uh, cases are there active that are maybe cold or, or what's maybe a sort of a ballpark figure of, of how many cold cases exist? Uh, the most recent updated uh, number that I've myself seen is around 265,000 cold cases wow. just, just involving homicides, not abductions right. missing. Sure. Uh, that, that's just since 1980, Greg. Wow. Okay. So obviously you guys keep busy. What what sort of got the ball rolling on the CCCOA? I mean, why did this uh, this consultant group develop? I mean, obviously, it, it, you know, based on the fact that there's so many cold cases out there, but why did you kind of get involved and, and want to make a difference with this group? Well, this kind of began at an early age with me. Uh, I grew up in a time where, you know, the good guys always won in the end, you know, Lone Ranger. You know, I grew up in the era of the 80s, um, you know, some of the reruns that my uh, my family had watched, my older brothers and, and father. So I kind of had that mindset that the good guys should always come out on top in the end. And through my life being a PSO, Protective Service Officer, I've done security detail with um, some diplomatic uh, individuals who flew in from overseas and got to see some of the things that happened overseas. And my wife is also a victim. She was abducted in Chicago in 2004. Um, a week later, she was dropped off on the sidewalk, left for dead with nothing but a sheet around her. And um, she recovered from that. And she's a strong woman. She's the assistant director, uh, Jay Lynn uh, of CCCOA. And, you know, she's an inspiration for me. And then in 2007, I started working on a cold case uh, behind the scenes. And I kind of tracked down the perpetrator and I kind of uh, listed him online uh you know in a forum at that time because I, I wasn't really official and he contacted me a couple of days later and uh, congratulated me on on discovering him and kind of uh, knew where i lived uh, knew where i worked uh, knew my fiance at that time uh, her interactions where she worked so mm -hmm. we kind of we sold the house within two months went off the grid uh for safety purposes and sure. we found out three years later he had passed on and unfortunately, we're just now bringing him to justice. You know, it's it's, it's long overdue, but um, you know, it was an eye-opening experience, and you know, I learned from it. I just wanted to uh, come back in and, and start helping people out there. You know, having experienced it firsthand, uh, just being stalked alone, and then with my wife's experience, you know, it, it changes your life. It, it opens your eyes to new things, Craig. Right. You know, obviously, you know it's one thing to to get involved when it's when it's personal close to home hits close to home like it did with your wife um how challenging is it and obviously coming from this background but how challenging challenging is it to 
um, have to live through this every day. You lived through it. Your wife lived through it. But now you're living through it through other families and you're seeing some of their tragedies. You're experiencing the emotions that overcome families when things like this happen. I, I used to be a cops and courts reporter uh, in Fremont, Ohio. So I've, I've seen some of the worst of the worst things and just terrible tragedies. How, can, how, is it, how, how are you able to, to sort of compartmentalize this and live your life and not kind of take it home with you, so to speak? Uh, unfortunately, there's really no separation for me or my sure. wife. Um, when it comes to the cases, we've met a lot of the victims' families. Uh, when you sit down with somebody that's lost a, a child, especially right. a mother, a brother, sister, aunt, uncle, and they give you their their story one on one, and you know they they break down, of course, and you can't help but feel the agony they're going through every day, especially, right. especially the ones that have never brought their loved one home. They've never been located or. Um, you know, discovered or identified. And it literally takes a piece of you every time. And, you know, it's almost like you, you exchange pieces with these individuals. They give you part of them and you give part of yourself back in return. Right. You know, and you want to you want to go to the extent, whatever that may be, to bring justice and bring answers to them. Right. You know, they, it's there's no other way to describe it. There's no separation. I live with it 24 seven. It's part of my life. You can go down a very dark hole doing this. Right. You know, right. I look at crime scene photos every day, almost uh, a lot of them are of children. And, you know, when you see what some people out there will do to children or to women, especially uh, with children, it's, it's, right. um, it's devastating. It, it changes you inside. And, you know, you, you got to do, um, you know, the right thing. That's what we're, we're supposed to be, you know, especially as men. We're here to protect our, our women, our children, our society. And, you know, there's bad guys out here running around and walking the streets that have never been apprehended. So right. you know, we need to get them off the street. You know, how many when when did uh, the CCCOA start officially? How many cases have you opened? How many cases have you been able to close? Uh, officially, we opened this year. Um, we've been working behind the scenes, like I said, 14 years, but we, we officially opened this year. We have right now uh, 11 cases. We're about to close. I'm on the brink of closing uh, 10 of them. So okay. and they're, they're kind of big, but we also have 106 homicides out there that we've identified that we're right. about to release uh, information and evidence on, forensic evidence. And, um, you know, we've spoken to law enforcement. Some of them are working with us. Um, my team is unbelievable. My investigative team, you know, yeah. I have the uh, number one forensic document examiner in the world, Kurt Baggett. Um, I have uh, Detective Patrick Apollyon from Atlanta. You know, he's an Officer of the Year Award winner, Emerald Award winner. He has a ton of accommodations. Um, I have Hall of Fame and Hall of Fame inductee uh, for reporter broadcasting and Joe Cochran, and I have uh, Doctor Arpad Voss, who's one of the leading anthropologists and DNA scientists in the nation. So, you know, having these people behind me, you know, they're, they're the backbone behind CCCOA. You know, okay. we work together here. Everybody has their expertise. We disperse the uh, information. Everybody comes back together as a collective and uh, we close the cases. Now, are you guys, uh, you know, spread out? Are you all in the same area? Do you have an office? I mean, do you guys work independently and come together when needed or, you know, with, especially with COVID and the pandemic, you know, kind of running amok a little bit on the world? Have you guys, you know, been able to to cohesively work together, or do you have to cohesively work remotely? 
we do, we actually have done both. Um, okay. You know, with COVID, this kind of you know made things a little difficult for us to travel at times. Uh, it's getting a little bit better. We were just in Circleville two weeks ago. The team all flew in through Columbus, uh, where I was born. And, um, you know, we went down to uh, the Circleville area and we went out to do the uh, crime scene reenactment and the crash site for Ron Gillespie um, to take some measurements and, you know, do some photos. And, um, you know, we were able to go through the evidence and sit down and, and put everything together. We found some very penalizing new information. Uh, we did some interviews with some people that were involved back in 1976-77. And uh, it was really, really, really valuable that we were able to get there and do this uh, as a unit in person. And uh, it's been great. It's been absolutely wonderful. Are you still there? Did I lose you? I think I lost you, Craig. Well, unfortunately, uh, it looks like we had some internet connectivity issues. Um, I definitely apologize for that. Um, it looks like we ended up losing Alex. Um, hopefully, we can try to get him back. I think what we're going to do, though, is we're going to end the stream. Oh, there he is. I lost you for a minute there, Craig. Yeah, I think I had some bad internet there. Uh, so I'm glad we got you back. Uh, um, I apologize for cutting out there. Hopefully we've got that fixed. Um, but to continue on with uh, with your team and, you know, getting together and being able to, to help out uh, not just families, but also local law enforcement as well. Correct. Yeah, we just had, we're in contact earlier this week with Circleville PD on the Vicki uh, Cook case. We uncovered okay. a letter in Atlanta that was actually mailed in March of 1981 um, discussing Vicki in, in detail um, that the public's never seen. And we released that to Circleville PD just earlier uh, this week. How, how, how much do you work with law enforcement? Do they appreciate when you guys come into a city or a village like Circleville? Uh, are they apprehensive? When you come in, do they enjoy it? I mean, what's sort of the, the and you know, I mean, how closely do you work with local police departments and, and, and law enforcement? Because a lot of times they can be very standoffish, I would imagine, you know, giving up their crime scene or allowing other people to, to come in, especially third party. What kind of a reaction have you gotten so far through the cases you've looked at? I would have to say, Craig, that uh, the acceptance for us has been uh, extremely well. Meaning sure. that, you know, they, there's a lot of situations out there where they have to keep the information and evidence close to the chest for, for guilty right. purposes. If you get that out into the public domain, you know, and you come across somebody and you think they're a strong suspect, you bring them in and this information's online, you know, and they just regurgitate it, you know, it kind of decreases the, um, the, ca the case, uh, you know, the value of uh, the interview or, you know, if someone's given a uh, testimony, it, it kind of takes it off the slate. So I understand the reasons they do that, but they've been very uh, acceptance uh, of us. I have to be appreciative of that. And uh, they've worked with us. The ones that we've, we've reached out to have definitely worked with us. You know, is that in part because of the team that you've been able to assemble, not just yourself having experience in that industry, but 
putting together a team of well-regarded people that do this, these kinds of things for a living, whether it be in law enforcement or whatever it may be, as far as the investigative team, does it, does it help that you have real people that have been in the, you know, been in this before that really, you know, carry some cachet to their names or is it, you know, or does it, do you think it not matters? Oh, it absolutely matters. You know, sure. my, my team's uh, credibility, uh, what they've established over the decades, prior to ever uh, meeting me or my wife or becoming part of CCOA, uh, it definitely speaks for itself. You know, they're sure. the best of the best in their field for a reason. And that brings instant credibility to our company. And, right. uh, you know, with me, you know, being at the top, not having as much experience, but having the intellect and the, um, you know, credibility as far as studying and understanding, you know, I've studied under some of the best in the world. So, you know, having that, the capability to absorb knowledge and then you know apply it when needed does make it easier but these guys definitely carry uh the credibility for the company sure um you know tell us a little bit about some of the cases that you know i know you mentioned circleville but tell us about some of those cases that you're working on or maybe uh you know some of those uh those cases that you're you're hoping to tackle perhaps here in the near future well, one of the biggest ones that's going to be coming out next week is uh, Chicago lipstick murders from 1945-46. Okay. A gentleman named William Hirons that was uh, basically persecuted by the media. Uh, he, he was a, a burglar. He had been uh, busted outside of an apartment, brought in, and they kind of just threw him under the rug. They, they basically coerced a, uh, a statement out of him, a confession. Uh, he never saw a jury. He actually um, agreed to a confession to save his life. They were given an electric chair. And this man went to prison, and he stayed in there for 65 years, an innocent man. And we were able, in the recently, in the last couple of months, with, again, forensic advancements and technology, we were able to get the original fingerprint from Miss Francis Brown's door jam, a bloody print, that we were able to, um, to clear up, digitize. And we were able to identify the perpetrator. We got a fingerprint match. So we're able to exonerate this man after 65 years. Wow. Um, that's wonderful. It's a shame he passed away in 2012. He wasn't here to see it, but at least we're able to clear his name for his sake and his family's sake and for the victim's sake to give them, uh, you know, the real perpetrator's name. Sure. How important is that from your perspective? Because obviously, you know, starting from the original case that started all of this with your wife to, you know, that the lipstick murder case, uh, how important is it for you to, to seek justice, whether it's, you know, actually convicting or, you know, at least shedding light on the real perpetrator or clearing an innocent man's or woman's name. How important is it for you to get that closure for those cases, not just for the family and for the town and the communities, but for yourself, knowing that it's it's validating what you guys are doing? Every case um, has, uh, you know, equality in my eyes, no matter what the case is, how old it is, uh, what the circumstances are within the case. Um, you know, this has never been about us. It's never been about popularity or monetary sure. gain. We do not accept money from victims' families or from federal government, state government, uh, or agencies. We have our own investors that fund our project. Um, so basically, you know, we're working uh, for ourselves to, to get answers for the families. Sure. And, you know, the most important part, again, is getting justice. At the very end, when we you know, lay our head down every night, we want to know we made a difference in the world. Sure. Well, Alex, I, I definitely appreciate you stopping by. Um, tell if for everybody that maybe has not heard of the CCCOA, 
where can everybody find you, whether it's social media, online? How can they get in touch with you if they want to reach out and, and maybe have you help them out in the future? Well, you can go to our website, which is cccoa.us. Again, cccoa.us. In there, we have our media links. Um, we can actually watch some more videos and updates and cases we're working on. We also are on Twitter, uh, same cccoa.us. Uh, and we're also on Facebook. If you want to look us up, Cold Case Consultants of America, LLC. And we also have the Circleville Mystery website, which will be circlevillemystery.com. If you want to join okay. uh, the website, it's free to join. You get to look at some of the new evidence we've uncovered before we release it to the public. Uh, get on the mailing list. And what happens is these cases that we're actually releasing the new forensic evidence on, which are coming out in the next uh, you know, two, three, four weeks, some of these cases are rather big, like the DC Freeway Phantom. Uh, Black Dahlia. We've actually uncovered some forensic evidence in that, which is really, really? really yeah, it's kind of, uh, this is one of our big ones. Yeah. We could probably do a whole episode on the Black Dahlia murders. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You gotta wait, until you, wait until you see what we got on this case. Yeah. This is a game changer. We're being told we're, well, rewriting, we're rewriting history on this one. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you've certainly given us a nice tease for another episode with you, Alex. Uh, we definitely appreciate your time and we will, we will certainly be talking to you in the future. We, uh, Definitely love to have you on again, and uh, we appreciate all that you're doing for the communities out there to solve these uh, hundreds of thousands of cases, and hopefully uh, one at a time you guys will help get there. So uh, that's, again, the uh, the CCCOA, that's three C's, OA, Cold Case Consultants of America, LLC, um, obviously Facebook and Twitter on the website as well. Alex, we, we definitely appreciate your time. We will definitely be talking to you in the future, uh, and I can't wait till, till you break a case like the Black Dahlia murders. That would be uh, it won't be too much longer. Yeah, yeah we got to come down the pipe. Yeah, it'd be great to see you again, Craig. I'd be I'd be happy to be back on the show. All right. Well, thanks so much. You enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for joining us, Alex. Roger that, Craig. Take care. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast, based on the work from our book. Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.